You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, and today, Despite my normal intro saying we're going to talk about the Pacers, we're going to talk very little about the Pacers today, surprisingly. I wanted to do Eastern Conference All-Star so bad this year. I wanted to do it last week, but the Pacers decided to waive a player and mess up my schedule, which made all the sense in the world to do it when they had a two-day gap. Whatever. It's fine to do it today. Today, we're breaking down Eastern Conference All-Stars. Do any Pacers have a chance or any Pacers in the mix? We will talk about the Pacers in this discussion, and I guarantee you, and I'll explain why at the end, there will be a Pacer at All-Star weekend. Not necessarily in the All-Star game. Now, joining me to talk Eastern Conference All-Stars 1 through 12, plus probably some snubs, Mr. Shane Young from Forbes Sports at the same place as V. Uh, we've written for several of the same elements, I feel like, over time. Shane, how's it going, man? It's going great, Tony. Uh, when you approached me for this last, was it last week or two weeks ago? I, I can't remember when it was. It feels like it was a month ago. But when you approached me for it, I was like, yeah, let's do it, man. I wasn't planning on doing All-Stars this year just because a lot on my plate, but hey, I any excuse to talk about what 15 guys or 12 to 15 guys. So, I approached you for this at Kyrie Irving's debut. Remember that was uh, yes. that was the day. <laughs> uh, Kyrie which, Irving, not an Eastern conference all-star for me, by the way. <laughs> if, if, oh yeah. If I could, uh, if I could gripe for just a second, uh, that game, by the way, or that post game session, then, which is the, the only reason I came up to Indianapolis was for post game stuff. Uh, Kyrie, James Harden and Katie spoke for, one and a half to two minutes a piece. Wow. It was like, I mean, Kyrie was like a little bit longer, but Harden and KD were like two questions out. So kind of, kind of a, kind of a bad move there by the PR, but whatever. I heard it was short. We came out of our uh, Pacers interviews and, and this is a, we'll go behind the curtain before we talk all stars with listeners yeah. here. Usually this is always how it is, is that the stars take the longest to shower and like do their social media crap after the game. And then they do media and their media is really long because they're a star and they're like the face of all the questions and stuff. So usually in that game like that, we, we would get done with Pacers and I would go in the road room and do the, the road mm-hmm. players. You did that for the, and for the Warriors one. The Warriors was exactly like so. that. Exactly. Usually also for the Warriors and the Nets in particular, those are two examples. For big teams like that, they put it in a different room because there's more road media and they yeah. did that for the Nets too. So I was expecting to leave that Pacers one where Lance had a huge game and they, we had Sabonis and I, we had one other player. And talk to the Nets guys. They were already done. They already cleared out. I was really surprised by that. There are two Nets on my all-star team, but how I want to yes. do this, Shane, I told you this already. We'll do locks first, transition into the rest of our teams and kind of guys we snubbed, and then talk about the Pacers at the end here, despite that I think everybody listening knows there's very little chance a Pacer makes this team, barring a miraculous <laughs> next six days from you mean to tell guys. me? You mean to tell me I won't see Malcolm Brogdon in Cleveland? Uh, you know, Brogdon had a pretty good shot last year before he got hurt in December, but I don't think this yeah. is the year that Malcolm Brogdon breaks <laughs> Before out. he got hurt should be the tagline for his career, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, I color-coded my picks. I did not send them to you ahead of time, but I had five players that without looking up anything, without thinking a second thought about the Eastern Conference of the NBA this year that I said, yes, on my team, 100%. Do you have more or less than five? Five total out of 12 locks? Yeah, or out, of, out, of the, um, out of 12 I, players, I had five for sure locks. They could get hurt right now. They're still going to make the team. Ooh, I think I go six, maybe seven. I bet I, bet I know maybe who your seven. six is. 
Okay, so okay. I, I, this is an easy one. Every people who listen, people who barely follow the NBA, if this is the first show of mine they're listening to this year. I bet they have these three. No doubters: Joel Embiid, Giannis, Katie. No, uh, don't even talk about the re- their resumes. Don't even talk about their teams, their record. I don't, I don't care. They're in. They right could there. uh they could announce their retirement tomorrow, and I'd still put them in, and yeah. I don't care. Yeah. yeah, those three were the first three names I typed. Then. The number one seed in the East has the, okay. The, the confusing crap about the the ballots this year is DeRozan's a guard, even though he doesn't play guard. But I get why he's a guard. I don't. I don't care no. about that like everybody else. It, like Levine. To your point there, Tony. Like I, I haven't cared about the DeRozan thing because if you're a lead ball handler in the clutch, like I don't care if you're designated a guard or forward. Like you're, you're a backcourt player in my sense. If you're the lead ball handler in those moments. But. Yep. Yeah, I've seen DeRozan kill the Pacers twice this year and yeah. an insane buzzer beater. One of the best shots I've ever seen in person. It was sick. Off one leg, just chucks it from 30 <laughs> feet. He was a lock for me, and Levine was a lock for me. Those are my five, and I didn't actually end up putting Levine as a starter after thinking about it, but he still was a lock, which yeah. is dumb. But those are the five guys that I was doing. And for one player, my research was a joke. But those are the five players that without Googling anything, before I open another tab of preparation for the show, I type their names down. Do you have okay. more or less than those guys? I'm assuming all five of them are on your team. I think, yeah, all yeah, all those guys are on my team. Um, I went with more locks probably. Um, I'm not sure if we want to get into like, all. do you want me to say all of my locks? Yeah, well, do you have those five and then who's your, who, who else do you have? Yeah, those five plus, I think, uh, I'm not sure if you said James Harden. I think James Harden's a lock. To me, uh, okay. He, okay. I we'll said this. He's it. the guy I put in as a starter instead of Levine. But yeah. I, I actually did two seconds of googling before I typed his name down, which which made me make his yeah. name yellow on my sheet instead of green, which is unfair. Yeah. I mean, he just he should be. The reason that James Harden didn't just run to the front of my mind, I typed reasonings down for the players on the side. This is a terrible reason, but are you ready? I put forgettable season compared to last seasons and that is not a good reason for a guy not to be an all-star because he's been amazing and at times the best player on the second best team in the eastern conference this year but like every stat is down compared to like the james harden that we know for forever and ever which is again that doesn't mean he's been bad he's been Mm -hmm. great still it's just it's kind of stand out as much like shooting the second worst percentage of his career not shooting well from three for the first time since he was a sophomore Scoring's down, a sister down. And like some of that's that other Nets guys have the ball more, but some of that's that he's just playing a little worse coming off of that hamstring thing yeah. from last year. So he didn't just immediately run to my head of like, I got to get James Harden on my starting five, but he definitely deserves it. It's kind of wild to think that Harden is having, and, and when you put it in these terms, it's kind of crazy. Uh, Harden's having his worst year since becoming a Rocket, probably. And that was, uh, I was, I was graduating high school. <laughs> and I'm 27. So like it's it's he he's been sustaining this success for a long time. So uh, I'm not sure if this is the decline per se, but it has been a down year for him. But I just happen to think like after watching what he did the other night, was it against Chicago? 25, 16, and seven on just on, on uh, great clutch play. I think he's passing out of his drives a lot more this year, uh, becoming more sure. more of that facilitator, and that's what Brooklyn has needed. So. If you're the second seed, or now I think Miami is actually surprisingly the second seed, but if you're in that in that mix, uh, I think you deserve two All Stars. And and to me, Harden's numbers have been trending upward enough to where I put him as a lock. But it, it's it's semantics. He scored 39 in a breakout against New Orleans in November. Since then, 
25 and 10.5 per game. Like he's still really good and for sure should have been a lock for me. There was just like, and this is something Mm -hmm. funny about NBA analysis in general is like the perception of your first 10 ish games carries through a lot of the season. (laughs) And his first 10 games were, they weren't bad, but compared to James Harden, we know we're definitely not that good. And the free throw rules definitely changed and affected him a little bit, despite people not admitting that. To some extent. So, yeah, he's totally out of the slump. He's an amazing player this year. But it's it's just – it felt a little different than last year. So I wasn't like, I got to type James Harden right yeah. this second lock. But I probably should have. I mean, he is like a 5.5 for me when I did the list. So oh, that makes sense. And, and I'm glad that – I'm glad you and I are in agreement that my starters for the Eastern Conference All-Star team this year is DeMar DeRozan, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Janssen Dedekubo, and Joel Embiid. That, that is my starting five as well. That's good. I mean, I – Besides Levine Harden, like I don't, I don't think there's a way to debate any of that, right? <laughs> yeah, especially I mean, the front court. Try, try to debate uh, Giannis out of here, who probably just took a uh, lead in the MVP. Which, uh, yeah, take, the, take out the probably he is the MVP leader now. I mean, the dude, what he does in 30 minutes a night, uh, that those Mike Budenholzer minute limits, like still 30 minutes a night and dominating everybody. What, what they did to the Warriors last night. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, Draymond didn't play, so it's not like the Warriors, but Steph still played. Clay still played. Or, yeah. Oh. Uh, th- disgusting. Dis- d- disgusting. They were <laughs> unbelievable. That was the best Chris Middleton game in a while. He's not been that awesome. A guy, a guy that uh, we might not talk about. We will very scarcely talk about Chris Middleton yeah. today. I did type his name, but not for the reason you think I type his name. Hey, guys, short little break here to talk about the good folks over at betonline.ag who would like to wish you a happy betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond football playoffs coming up tomorrow and bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 new year they've got a new updated desktop site a new updated mobile website you can sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit all you got to do is use our promo code locked on to get started football basketball hockey boxing ufc your favorite vegas casino games They've got it all. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. Let's move to the reserves. I have in my reserves three guys that I, after very, very little research, said, yes, you deserve it being on my yeah. considerations list. Actually, we did six guys already, so I guess we're only doing six of the seven reserves. And three guys that took me a lot of thinking. So how do you want me to do this, Shane? Do you want me to do my three guys that were very easy choices for me or all six at once? Yeah, probably do the easy. Let's, let's break it up. Yeah. Okay. The three bench guys that took me about one millisecond of research to slap on my bench. One is Trey Young. Uh, Trey has been ridiculous this year. I, the Hawks yeah. suck. And the, the Hawks don't suck because of Trey Young. The Hawks suck because somehow – a team named McMillan is coaching is terrible at defense. It makes no sense how no. bad their defense is, especially compared to last year. And they have, they've had so many guys in and out of the lineup this year. And I understand Trey is a massive factor in their defense, not being better than, I think they're bottom five in defense and top five in offense. They were at least the last I, time I checked for a there. while, the Hawks and Hornets were the Spider-Man meme because they were two and three in offense and 29, 30 in, in defense. I mean, <laughs> that's probably gotten a little bit better for one of those, but Right, right. So that that you know, that's the Hawks' obvious problem is their defense. But Trey is doing everything he can to get them out of this. Twenty-eight points, nine point four assists per game, career high shooting from deep, career high shooting from the field in general, still killing us free throws. I mean, his on off is hilarious <laughs> this season. So he is oh, like- not 
the reason the Hawks are struggling, and I don't think anyone thinks that or anything. I think I think they're six point five points per one hundred better with Trey yeah. on than off. So like, duh, he plays with more starters and stuff like that. And I, I kind of hate on offs in general, but he's not the reason they're bad, and he's been unbelievable. He was one of my three. The second of my three, which took very little research, was Jimmy Butler. Uh, this one was a little tough. Ooh. There's a face. My first, my first ooh from you. Jimmy Butler was tough for me because he's missed a lot of games. A Bingo. lot of games. We're at the halfway point, basically. He's played 23 games, but he's been super good this year. What? This might be the best scoring year Jimmy's ever had. Like, just yeah. from his arsenal-wise and, and getting to his spots-wise, he's still not a good shooter, but... He has been tough to guard when he plays this year. Again, understandably, if you kept him off because he hasn't played very much, I would understand that. But I kind of subscribe to the whole like best 12 guys in the position constraints that we were given. Best 12 guys. And Jimmy definitely has been one I of those. I think he's at 23 games right now. 23. Yep. He, uh, and I still didn't even put him as a, as a, this is tough for me. I said, yes, he's been that good yeah. that. I kept him in there. The Heat have been unbelievable. And the Heat got Lowry, obviously. So they're way better than last year on paper. But they've been way better than last year in execution, too. And, like, the gap is bigger than the the Lowry production they've had. And the third guy that I said, this took me very little research. This one I think will surprise you more than Jimmy. Fred Van Vliet. It took me two seconds of, I know how good he's been. And the Raptors are on an effing tear right now. They are Uh slaughtering everybody. I mean, it was, he's been unbelievable. His advanced stats are, like, insane. And I don't care what your favorite advanced stat is. Go go to the list of every player and sort by your favorite. Let's do Raptor, EPM, BPM. Let's do them all. Like, <laughs> yeah, th- there's a million stats. I don't care which one's your favorite. But go sort by it for every player. And like, I guarantee you Fred Van Vliet's top 15 no. in the entire NBA. Like, it's not a crazy case that he's been a top 20 player in the league this year. It did not take when me very long to slap Fred Van Vliet on my team. Those are my three guys of the six yeah. Left that I said, this is easy. You're on my team after a little bit of research. When have you seen a guy at that height who probably isn't, he's definitely not six foot. I don't know what he is. I don't know what he's listed, but a guy that ranks in those, in, in that top upper echelon in the advanced metrics, usually those trend towards bigs or wings or six, nine guy, you know. So it just seems uh, a bit absurd that he is up there this year, but especially on a team that's not, that's not win, you know, they're on a winning streak, but a team that hasn't really won at that level all year. Typically that goes to the winning guys as well. So uh, Freddie, I I don't even know if it's a hot take to say that he was going to be one of my reserve locks. Like he was going to be a lock on that team for me. I didn't put him as like one of our technical, technical, like six or seven locks, but, but for me, he deserves that. Um, Yep. Trey, you mentioned is, is one that, you know, the Hawks have been a massive disappointment. And uh, I think it's it's one of those scenarios where you expect the team or you should not expect the team to just come back after a, a pretty good playoff run and be the same team uh, or just, you know, replicate that same formula. You have to work to get to that. And obviously they just traded away Cam Reddish as well. So I'm, in a, I'm interested to see what the Hawks do the rest of the year. I would bet against them being like this. Uh, I think though I think they might get into the play in, but I but I would be surprised if they even make it into the actual playoffs. Um, but but Trey Young has been awesome individually, sneakily, like Russell Westbrook type usage now, thirty five percent usage, like like prime Russ obviously uh, uh, usage. I, I kind of thirty five. Holy that. cow! Yeah, it's a pretty high usage and uh, st- still uh, dictating the offense with his passing. So it, if you think about it. I don't think we've seen a player 
outside of Russ uh, in 2017, Oklahoma City have like a usage and assist percentage that high. Like he, every movement on the court is kind of dictated by him when he's out there. So uh, for me, yes, I would put Trey Young there. Uh, the, the scoring, you at some point you get to put the ball in the, in the bucket, and uh, that has been something that he does well. And he's having a slightly better individual year than Luka Doncic probably, you know? So it just, it, it comes down to all that type of stuff with him. So I think Freddie, Trey Young, um, for me, honestly, Tony, I, I have to have Drew Holiday. Like that's a, that's a reserve lock go. for me. So uh, wow. I'm, I'm going to put Drew Holiday. Yeah. Reserve okay. lock. Okay. Drew Holiday, uh, not on my 12. Oh, We're going to have our first man. disagreement with Drew Holiday. He's the 13th guy on my list. Which is that's you know it's fair. I I I, I kind of over exaggerate those reactions a little bit, but it, it's fair. Uh, I think no, the Bucks, he's been awesome. I don't want to be like, oh, yeah. what are you doing, Shane? You know, he, he's been awesome. But, yeah, he's if the Bucks are going to have two, which I'm not just putting Drew on Drew Holiday on there because the Bucks need to have two. I think he's been a a massive reason that they have kind of turned it around. I mean, Giannis is obviously going to be he he should be the MVP at this point, but uh, I think Holiday's defense, point of attack shooting well from two, uh, still getting to the rim at will. It, it seems like Holiday hasn't slowed down. The, the ankle injuries are a big concern. It's something that he's going to have to deal with, I guess, all year. Um, and that stuff, if you if you don't sit out for a month, you're going to keep on having problems with it. So uh, hopefully that doesn't sneak up to him at the worst time for Milwaukee. But for I think regular season-wise, put him in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, he, he's been really good. I, I don't want to be little Drew Holiday. Um, but – but the the Caitlin Cooper methodology came into my head a little with him. And she when she talks about All-Stars, which is very rare, she's not a list person, she's not a ranking kind mm-hmm. of person. She says that one of her deciding factors is this player takes the most game planning to play against. And I think Drew's defense does take a pretty substantial amount of game planning to play against. But not as much as the other three guys that I end up putting over him for my end of ballot spots. I can't believe, do you have Jimmy on your team? I have to ask right now. He is so you know how we do like at least on my notes I have the starters then I do a couple spaces then I put my reserves then I put a couple spaces after that for maybes. Okay. Jimmy Butler has been when he when he's on the court I think this is uh, important to explain when he's on the court Jimmy Butler is one of the ten best players in the NBA this year I, I think agree. that's I think that should be a given but I, I just I cannot stomach the the missed games yeah and and, and yeah. I actually tweeted about it whenever he went down with that, uh, you know, ankle twist in Golden State, uh, I guess last week or the week before. It's a bummer because, I mean, this is like all NBA second team stuff for Jimmy, uh, considering it's going to be impossible to, to beat out Katie or Giannis on the first team. But, like, it, it, this is like the best he's ever played, to your point. I think you said it's the best scoring. And if you look at his free throw rates, I don't think any player that size, uh, Jimmy Butler size, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, whatever he is, should be mirroring like DeAndre Jordan, uh, Hacka Jordan, and Hacka Dwight <laughs> uh, free throw rates. It's quite absurd, but the guy somehow yeah. gets to the line whenever he feels like it. Um, I think it has been like the best overall scoring arsenal that he's put forth in the NBA season. The problem is like he's probably like at this point 800, 700 minutes below all these other guys that we're talking about. So it it it, it gets a little dicey for me, but. If you ask me gun to my head, I, I'll put him there. 
I was going to add, I was wondering if in our like mostly lock section, if we had two guys between each other that one of us didn't have on their team completely, which would have been fascinating. Jimmy's going to be a hilarious case of like, how much did you watch him in your career when he retires? Because basically mm-hmm. since he's been on Minnesota or the, the season he started on Minnesota and, and did that practice thing to get out of that team, if he doesn't make all-star this year, which I get it, he only played 23 games so far. He'll have a four-season stretch where he made All-Star once, despite probably being a top-20 player in each of those seasons. Because injuries last year, injuries this year, and no one wanted to put him on the East All-Star. He got traded from Minnesota because he threw a fit to get out of there. He didn't make the All-Star team. Did he make the All-Star team the year they went to the finals in the bubble? Uh, I can't remember how we did did that. Yes, he did. Yeah, Yeah, they had All-Star in uh, Chicago before... COVID really changed the league that year. That was the only year he'll make it in a four-season stretch if he doesn't make it this year, <laughs> despite him being – and, and like injuries are a valid reason not to name someone an all-star. But again, like – and Nate Duncan said this a while ago, and I, I maybe overthink this thought in my head, but he's something like, you know, when we – when it's 2045, you know, the year is 23 years from now, and we look, open a history book, like in theory in your brain, you're going to expect that the 24 all-star names you list were the best the 24 best. players in the yeah. league that year, right? Like and and – like I suppose I get why you know you go on merit at the time of naming the guy, but you know we're not going to look back in history and be like, wait, Jimmy Butler wasn't one of the you know those guys like three out of yeah. four years like that. You know that's kind of crazy to me. But it, in the it, moment, I think insane. I think that's a hilarious point to make, and I've actually like kind of tried to apply that context to to when you're looking up like older guys. So for example, I'm just going to throw out a random name. For example, if you look at like Jerry West, and and you looked at his basketball reference page. And you saw that he wasn't an all-star for for a season or whatever it was. You'd be like, man, he wasn't. He he didn't have a good year. And I think that that is like a big problem. It is kind of like designating not an all-star to not having a good year. So I, yeah. I I agree that like if Jimmy has been in 23 games one of the best play one of the best forwards in the NBA, like you kind of have to go with that as long as it makes sense. Like if it, if he was at 13 games played or something. And and you know he wasn't going to get to that what thirty mark by the All Star break. Then yeah, you could you could probably haggle with that. But I think to you know, in in your context, if Jimmy comes back from this, if if Jimmy comes back and stays back by the All Star game, he'll be at like thirty something games, thirty five, forty maybe. So everybody has their lines for minutes, which I again I'm totally okay with that and the injury reasoning for a guy not making it. If Jimmy plays every game between now and next Friday, when the, when the voting ends and the coaches decide the week after, he'll probably have about nine hundred minutes. When when it's time to decide, that's really close. I think a lot of people use a thousand in general. Yeah. If he's that if he's that close, I'm. I mean, he's been that good that I'm okay with it. So I, that's, is he that's your only? I, is he your only front court, or do you, is he a back court? Is he front court? Uh, I have him as a front court on my bench. Okay, is he your only front court you've named so far? Uh, that is correct. Yes. Okay, got it. One more break here, guys, to talk about the good folks over at Built Bar. It's the new year. That means it's time for New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or getting healthier, include Built Bar in your plan. They're protein bars that taste like candy bars. And if I can interject, I would say they taste better than candy bars. They're 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew protein bars. And I think Nate Duncan said it best when he said, they're the first protein bars that don't taste like you're eating the inside of a sawmill. You want healthy? They're healthy. You want delicious? They're delicious. There's so many good flavors. I love the peanut butter brownie, but there's a lot of popular ones that listeners have reached out to me and said they enjoy. Most of them contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 carbs, but 17 grams of protein. Way healthier than a candy bar. Way better. You've got to try them. Go to Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKED1515. You'll get 15% off your order. That promo code, again, is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
com. All right. We're moving on to the final segment here, which is our our debatables plus the Pacers. And I, I did type <laughs> a Pacers name in my considerations, but not on my team at all. Uh, I mean, it, I think it's obvious. No one, we don't have to beat around the bush here. I mean, how, how much time did you give Sabonis in this thought process? Two seconds, uh, three seconds. Not, not, not two seconds, but not five minutes. Uh, yeah. I, I'll say I gave Sabonis a, as I told you before we were on there, a Starbucks waiting for my coffee line considerment. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, Sabonis has been awesome for a permanent perspective and for the Pacers. I was having this debate with someone locally who just does just watches basketball for fun and does like fantasy stuff. And he said like, oh man, like Sabonis hasn't been as good for me as he was last year. I'm like, you know, being at a couple Pacer games watching, I would say half, not half, watching a little less than half of their games so far this year. Uh, you've obviously watched them all. I think you could argue like he, he's been just as good, if not a little bit better in some areas. I, I would say he's been at a better individual player this year. And maybe that's a hot take, but um, I, I think inside of eight feet, this, this guy has went from super efficient to like one of the most efficient bigs in the NBA inside of eight feet. Um, it's been awesome to watch teams. Like whenever we were, we were at that Brooklyn game decide, we're just going to send hard doubles every single time because he, because we can't really do anything with this guy when he gets it on the block. Um, especially if we're small, so I think Sabonis deserves – I think he merits a, a case. It's just if the Pacers had won, let's say they win eight more games than what they are now, then you'd put them in. But I, I'm going to go with the record and say no. Yeah, yep. That, I mean, the record is, is obviously like that. No no chance anyone on that team deserves it. Like that's why Van Vliet being like so obvious to me is, mm-hmm. is kind of strange. And the Raptors – And are, even won, they're over 500, right? Yeah, they just won six in a row. So he yeah. deserves it for sure. But like – a week ago when we were going to do this, you know, there was a very heated Garland Van Vliet thing going on online. And then it was kind of interesting. But now that the Raptors did this thing, it's not interesting. Van Vliet deserves it more. With Sabonis, I think you could make a case. You, know, you just said perhaps his most impactful season of his career. I think you could make that case on a per-touch basis. This is yeah. kind of wild, but just the way his his career has gone since joining Indiana, right? The season he gets here, he's was barely... 17-18? Yeah, he's coming off the bench and, and wasn't quite as impactful. But basically, since Vic's injury season, he's had a higher usage. This is his – he's 0.1% away from this being his lowest usage season as a pacer, <laughs> which is crazy because he's their best player on offense, right? So yeah. that that kind of makes it hard to contextualize that he's been better than prior seasons, like his numbers being lower because, you know, that, that season, that 18-19 season where he really popped off the bench, he was still coming off the bench and then as a starter – Right, Vicks hurt, so he gets the ball a lot, and then they, you know, they trade for Levert, and then Brogdon gets hurt a bunch, and then Turner, and he's had opportunities to have the ball a lot more this year. Still a lot of injuries, but the opportunities for him to be like Captain Sabonis running the team are fewer, yeah. so his usage is down, his numbers aren't as good. But I think on a per touch basis, you could argue he's been just as good as any year of his career, yeah. if not better. I like 100 possessions, best scoring year of his career, best rebounding year of his career, still an incredible assists number four a big like him 64 percent on twos this year easily career high like he's still playing very well but the team is not at all which yeah. kind of ruins his consideration and he's always been on the fringes anyway and the east is better so i did consider him for sure like his advanced stats like i talked about that van vliet argument start by your favorite advanced stat van vliet's top 15 sabonis probably top 20 right in the league for yeah. a lot of them but 
Yeah, a lot of the like with all the rest of the factors at play, I did not put him on my team. I'm I'm glad you didn't as well, so we don't have to spend forever it, discussing. Yeah, this. no other pacer it, even crossed my mind. Brogdon's been really good when he plays. Hasn't played mm-hmm. nearly enough on a third or a 15 win team to make it. Yeah, I I, I mean it. I literally looked at Miles Turner's numbers for uh, maybe three seconds, and I was like, I'm closest to that real quick. So <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, it's cool. Like I, I love Miles. Miles Turner's my favorite pacer. I, I I think that should be said. But you know, it's we're, we shouldn't even be mentioned in the name in this All Star discussion. Uh, I do want to ask you a question though, because we have, we're going to name someone, I assume soon, but. Uh, and it, I guess I'll go ahead and name it because it kind of goes into the Sabonis thing. It is kind of crazy to me. Like we look at these all-stars and we're trying to pick the best guys. Um, and I think Cleveland deserves a guy. And I think Jared Allen is going to be my big or another front court member next to Jimmy Butler for me um, on these reserves. So Tony, I got to ask you, number one, do you have Jared Allen? And number two, if we're talking about the best guys, although Demonis Sabonis <laughs> has not had, a, a good team year, a good team record. Like I think to me, Sabonis is better than Jared Allen. He's a better player to me. Maybe that's a, I don't know if that's a, like a crazy take, but he, he's better to me. Um, so it kind of it's kind of weird that we're kind of parsing through this. And you know, is does Jared, Jared does Jared Allen deserve it over Sabonis? I mean, the answer is yes because of Cleveland's record and his dominance defensively. But you know, those guys I, I think are a good case study for like you know, is the better player actually on the All Star team? Jared Allen is on my team. I can't believe you actually have Jared Allen. I thought that was going to be my like biggest take, air quotes on take, <laughs> on this episode. Is Yes, Jared Allen is on my 12-man roster, which is crazy for him. What, what a season. Mm-hmm. I think Sabonis has been better, but this kind of – like a lot of game planning goes into Allen's screen and dive ability. His defense is miles better than Sabonis this year. I mean, he's been – he's become yeah. such a good mobile defender. Like he was – he was a pretty good defender last year, but he can like move way better now and – you know, I, a lot of guys like their defensive impact jumps when they play on a better defensive team because their role is easier, and that's really happened to Allen too. Like Mobley stepping in and masking yeah. a lot of his deficiencies allows him to not free safety roam, but like have easier jobs, and he's done a great job with those. Did you know Jared Allen leads the league in two point percentage? I did not. Was it? I'm gonna guess like six, seventy something. Seventy one point three. Seventy one. And hey, shot so that to be higher hard. than Gobert. <laughs> yeah, better than Gobert. His shots aren't hard, but he makes them. Like, if anyone could shoot 70-plus percent, they would. Yeah. Garland sets him up and makes his life very easy. I always say Sabonis is the best screen center in the league. Allen is coming for his crown. and he, He's, an again, an excellent screen dive kind of player. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was pretty easy for me. 11 rebounds, six, 17 points a game. Really good defense on a very good team. Been a big reason for the success. Yes, I had Jared Allen. It was not very hard for me. If Brooklyn could somehow still have him. Yeah, sort of guy. <laughs> they gave Ugh. him away. They gave him away in that deal. Oh, that was <laughs> unbelievable. Imagine if the Rockets just kept him. I, I didn't. Oh, he went to. He, yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah, he, he got, rerouted. got rerouted. Yeah, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Un, unreal work by Cleveland. In you mean trade. to tell me Christian Wood's not better? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have two more guys that that took some thought, a lot of thought, and I'm. I don't even know what we're up to now in terms of players total. Or I'm at ten because of Allen was my tenth. The okay. only two guys I have not told you that are on my team. One is Jason Tatum. I think Tatum's going to be on your team. Um, I mean, yeah. it, it, the Celtics have been unbelievably depressing this year. Uh, finally on a three-game win streak for only the second time this season. Tatum's still <laughs> – I can't believe I even have to quibble over a 26-8-4 guy. But here we are. Probably – no, not probably. Definitely his worst shooting year of his career by a mile. Like yeah. he's, he's sponging more possessions in general for them and – 
career high turnover rate as well. Like not the best season of Tatum's career, but still an unbelievable player. So uh, yeah, I, he was my 11th. I guy. mean, you can also add next, there needs to be a basketball reference column for getting called out by teammates percentage wise. <laughs> he would lead that, uh, yeah. or Jalen Brown might lead that as well. Uh, so, Hey man, you don't have to quibble with me for Tatum because you did say career high turnover rate, but he still doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Like it's at 10, right. 20%. Like it's not like he's this turnover machine. So, um, I, you know, Boston's problem collectively is that they don't pass the ball well and they don't, they, they just At make all. the easy pass. They, 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 they just make the, like the next direct line drive pass. They don't want to try to create, uh, they don't want to play, make and create and get guys open. So, um, I, I'm not going to sit here and argue with Tatum because the numbers are what they are. It, it's kind of like the Trey young thing. I think it's exactly like the Trey young thing. Uh, the leader of the team, I guess he deserves it per se, but, you know, it's not sexy. It's not going to be. And uh, I think a lot of people in Boston will will probably tell you, like, Jalen Brown is just as good and Jalen Brown deserves a, a look if Jason Tatum's going to get there. But I'm not giving you two. If you're under 500 and you want two, I'm going to laugh you off the stage. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Jalen's not on my team either. Um, they're exactly 500 to their credit now. Maybe they, they yeah. win every game next week and Jalen can sneak in. Jalen is on my uh, considered tab, but he did not. Make my team. So we have a very Jalen. I think I think I have passed more than Jalen Brown this year. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> Who's our only difference right now? I had uh, you had Drew in there, and I had um, Jimmy. And you have Jimmy, your last guy. So let me count: five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So Jimmy, I'm I'm actually going to say Tatum would be my last guy. But okay. yeah, I, I so think that's the twelve. Who's the one you haven't said yet? Damar, Harden, KD, Giannis, Embiid, Trey Young, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Fred Van Vliet, Jared Allen, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler. Okay. Okay. And it, it's not it's not beautiful that we have like all these agreements. Like you you want to be different, but um, I, I I guess I could shout out some guys. Well, I haven't said that, my twelfth guy yet. My guy who I have that you have Drew for. Oh, who's the difference? Because I have Harden, DeRozan, Giannis, KD, Embiid starting, and then Levine, Trey, Jimmy, Tatum. Jared Allen, Van Vliet, that's on my 11. My non-Drew Holiday pick, I think it's obvious. There's only one other guy who even makes sense instead of Drew, right? Uh, I said his name earlier. I have, you said him earlier? I said his name earlier when we were talking about Fred Van Vliet. Oh, oh uh, well, I think LaMelo deserved a look. Uh, LaMelo is a, the number one guy on my considerations tab, yes, but it's not LaMelo. Oh, I don't know, man. Say wow, it. wow. I think this one, it, it was. It took some research, but I got there easily. Darius Garland is my uh, last. I have last him on this little. Yeah. This Darius little Garland tri- uh, yeah. should have been most improved player for me. Had his first career triple-double a few nights ago. Understand that triple-doubles have lost a lot of meaning, but it's still mm-hmm. a very impressive night. Uh, ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous offensive player. Like that dude. The, the, the Cavs going from terrible to awesome. And I, this kind of goes with my – using my own theories to describe this is unfair. But I always come to the theory that lead, guard, play, or the guy controlling the ball play is the most important thing to go from – to improve, right? The Lakers giving Russ the ball a bunch has made them worse, right? It's kind of obvious <laughs> at times when it happens. De'Aaron Fox becoming good made the Kings good and tolerable for a little bit, right? Like it's not rocket science. Yeah. Garland going from okay to OMG, this guy's amazing is the to me the biggest reason the Cavs are good now. And he's been ridiculous this year. He controls their entire offense. He can finish from anywhere. He's shooting well from deep. He sets up his teammates extremely well. Definitely some warts in his game. But I th- I think from a game plan perspective, like he's the guy in the Cavs that you have to dictate 
your game plan four of like sh- like sending two to make no. his passes harder and you know sh- hedging higher rolls and stuff like that. He's my twelfth. I think it wasn't it wasn't that hard for me. I'd be curious to see numbers on Garland Allen pick and rolls, like just you know from Insane. the ball handler perspective, role man yeah. perspective, and everything, uh, and and really like creating those open corner threes. I think Garland's been awesome. Uh, I think you know, I don't want to like poo poo on your pick, but I, I think Lamelo, <laughs> I think Lamelo might be better. I, I, well, I think he's a better player, but um I, I i to me i I would probably put lamello there if i if i had to like if i had a 13th guy i should i guess i should say it but but garland garland's on the short list i had and, and i even went really deep on these i went i wrote down tyler hero for like some some wow. way some way off consideration i listed a bunch of guards because i thought wow this was really i have eight i have eight guys that that's name i had to cross and whose basketball reference tab i'd open and hero is not one of those eight guys <laughs> Well, wow! You know what? You know what made me write, write him down is because he's been the most durable on the second seed. That's true. Like, are they second like, now? My, that's right. The Nets just lost. You're right. Miami's wow. second, and Bam hasn't played in months. Like, wow. it's kind of it's kind of wild. But yeah, I, I, I'm not going to sit here. I, Garland's been awesome. Uh, if Cleveland gets two All Stars at this record and in their home city, that'd be awesome. And yet. With Allen and Garland both being red names on my sheet, it wouldn't surprise me if they got zero. I mean, it would kind of suck for the season they've had, but it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if, if Drew and Lamelo or or someone else was the twelfth guy. Let me tell you my five guys in my considered area. Two of them, okay. the top two, by the way, are two guys that you just talked about, Lamelo Ball and Drew Holiday. Uh, I thought very hard about Drew, and like the Hornets are seventh in the East, and I <laughs> and they have no one on my team. You know, like they, they've been pretty good. It's surprising they have absolutely nobody. I considered Siakam uh, quietly no. having a good year after not playing at the start of the year very much, although not quite worth it. Definitely was warty when he came back, but has yeah. formed into quite the player uh, and, and approaching approaching quietly the best season of his career despite having some inefficiency issues. Sabonis so was in my considered, but barely. And then you mentioned the Heat's awesome record. Kyle Lowry was in my considered section. Well, Lowry's like, I, and you know me. You know me well. I've never been a per-game number guy. But it would kind of be disgusting to put something like that, you know, so to put those numbers on all star team. Uh, I think at some point they have to matter. Uh, the shooting, what, what's he shooting from three? Because it's like 30 yeah. something, it's like 32, 33%, maybe. For him, maybe I'm off. Yeah. Um, you, by the way, I know, I know this ain't a heat podcast, but, but Tyler Hero, 25 and four, 46 on twos, 38 on threes, 87 at the line. I mean, the guy's been good. I think. Yeah, he'll make it eventually. He'll, he'll make, make one. It Whenever the All Star Games in Miami, just put him there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, the, my, I also have a tab called "Shockingly Did Not Consider." Three guys that have are awesome players, both by reputation and talent, and require game planning against. And I didn't even, I didn't even open their tab. I watched enough of them to know they're not going to make it. And those three names are Jalen Brown, Chris Middleton, and Bradley Beal. All great players, yeah. not All Stars this year. Was, Wait, who was it, the second second name? I heard Bill. Uh, Beal, Jalen Brown, and Chris Middleton. Yeah, yeah, we talked about Middleton a little bit before this. Like, I, uh, you know, Middleton is—I don't even know what you want to call this season because they—they they won the championship. He was incredible in the finals. I mean, dropping forty bombs everywhere in the finals, and now it's just like he's not an all-star. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. Do you know the last time uh, Chris Middleton shot below forty-four percent before this year? The last the time he is- shot. 40- 
Below never. 44% before this year. The answer is never. He has never shot below 44% below this year. He's still great, but definitely the worst year of his career. You mentioned Jalen Brown never passes. Beal's been all over the place for some reason. Uh, he's had he's still really good some nights, but like Beal's probably the best player that there's sometimes I'm watching the Wizards, and I'm like, I don't feel your presence at all in this game. It's the weirdest yeah. thing. So I did not even consider those three guys. Do you, is there any other name in the stratosphere of the East that you feel like we didn't say? No. Uh, on my little, uh, you know, considerations, it's Garland, uh, Hero, Jalen Brown, LaMelo. Yep. So, no, I, mean, I think we got it, man. And, and really, if you if you think about it, it's been it's, it's a fun exercise because the standings are so wacky. Yeah. No one expected Chicago to be 27 and 12, uh, maybe unless you live in Chicago. No one expected – uh, I think Atlanta to be 17 and 23. And I, th- I think it's, it's hilarious that I think we should at least mention that, that last year, Julius Randle was third team all NBA or second, I second think team all NBA, yeah. second team all NBA. It's insane. And now he's just not even being mentioned until the 39 minute mark of this podcast. Yeah. Julius Randle and uh, another guy, Jeremy Grant make it 39 minutes before even being said, but they have no merit to make the all-star team this year. I, mean, yeah. I, don't, have to, I don't even think about it. You know, it's like, yeah, you haven't been good enough. It's it's, it's not really hard to, you don't want to give there. the Orlando magic any players. No, I didn't even, uh, no, <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> okay. It, it was actually not surprisingly like drew Garland was definitely the hardest mm. for me, but wasn't that hard for me to pick my guys this year? Yeah. Usually you I know it'd be, really, trouble this. you know, it'd be a lot harder if Kyrie played 30 games. Like yes. it, I don't know what we do. I think you'd have to say bye bye to Darius Garland for sure. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah, it's tough, but that's my team, and we've made it forty minutes, so I have to sneak this in there. There is the rookie sophomore game at uh, All Star Weekend. No one cares about the rookie sophomore game, but the way they do it is international players are on one team, and American World players on the versus other. USA. Chris Duarte, a lock to be in that game. So if you are interested in All Star Weekend as a Pacers fan, there is going to at least be one Pacer. There, I mean, there's no way Chris Duarte's not on the international. I mean, Sabonis should do skills every year. Just do that. <laughs> sure, he's made the finals two years in a row. Yeah, and I have this theory that the NBA tries to have a player from every team representing in some event, both for the content of that team's like site, yeah, but also just so for fan interest reasons. Yeah. So, like, that's why there's always some rant. Like, like I think they chose the dunk contest before they decided Sabonis was going to be an All Star last year, and that's why Cassius Stanley was in it, <laughs> so the Pacers would have somebody. Uh, he did really well, but. You know, I always think they try to do that as the league, which I think yeah. is smart for marketing. Like that stuff doesn't matter. That, that makes so. sense. I mean, like the team I'm mostly, I guess, watching is the Clippers. Like Paul George is going to be off for missed games and stuff this year, and Kawhi's not played. So, hey, Luke Kennard, come on down. It's your hometown, Cleveland, and, and be in the three point shootout. Right, right. So, yeah, know. something, yeah. something silly like that always happens. Where everyone's like, "Why is this guy in there?" And I'm like, "Well, they try to get. I think they try to get someone from. I don't think that's like." That crazy. It's not po- like, it's, I don't think it's possible for every team, but they they usually get about twenty eight. They usually yeah. like like I bet the Magic don't have anybody for anything. <laughs> what would they even have? So, <laughs> so yeah, it's tough for them, and I get why. But you know, the, I think that's something the NBA tries to do. I have nothing else to say today. If someone asks me, I'll post my <laughs> screenshot of my team, but I don't really want to. So, do you have anything else you want to throw in there? I don't think I have anything else All Star wise. Uh, are you are you going to do the West separately? Or you just kind of keep it the East. I'm not going to do the West at all. The Pacers not in the Western okay. Conference. Yeah. So. Uh, I might make my own list, but I'm not going to share it with anybody. For sure. I mean, I, I appreciate you having me on for this because uh, it's always fun getting someone else's perspective on the cuts and you know, like I, you being a big Darius Garland stan. It seems I am. Uh, th- this is awesome. So I am a big Darius Garland fan. The Cavs are. Uh, I try to sneak the Cavs in as much as I can on my nightly watches yeah. because any team that's surprising compared to expectations that much, I'm like, oh, 
I have to, you know, figure out why and watch a lot of Cavs. And he's been very good. And they yeah. played the Patriots uh, a couple times this year already. So. <laughs> Shane, thank you for the time. Where can people follow you and all your stuff? You can follow me on Twitter at YoungMBA. Very simple. I'm not NBA young boy, despite uh, people thinking I have mixtapes out all the time. <laughs> uh, that that's not me. But yeah, uh, I'm going to drop some stuff this coming week on Forbes Sports. So same place you see Tony's stuff, you'll see my stuff. That's right. Highly recommend Shane as a follow. Covers the whole league very well. Of course, this show is at Lockdown Pacers, and I'm at D East NBA. Sorry for the late release, everybody. I am the worst planner ever, and don't know how to communicate with people about what. Thursday and Friday mean as days. Uh, we won't go too much into that, Shane, but I am stupid. <laughs> so I apologize if you miss it it's on your morning commute. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Next week, we're talking something pretty cool on Monday the one year anniversary of the Victor Oladipo Carousel Bird trade. I'm excited to look back on that and see where all the parties involved have been headed. Shane, thank you for the time. Everybody have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. <laughs>